0: Welcome to Geek Fights, the Ponzi scheme of podcasting. I'm Damon Shaw. With me, as always, is Mr. Mike Ortiz. Mike, what are we fighting about tonight?
1: Well, uh, we've done this before. We will do it again. Uh, it is probably one of the, the most important topics in all geek debate. Uh, we are back to Star Wars versus Star Trek or Star Trek versus Star Wars. I'm not sure which one this is. So, uh, Damon, who have we got helping us beat this dead horse or Bantha or Wookiee or Mugatu or whatever the hell it is?
0: Well, uh, we've got Mr. Dave Gill. Hello. Uh, Mr. Chris Wood. Hola. Como was dead. And Mr. Michael
1: Felscher. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, how do the fights work, Mike? Well, uh, in this, we're going to have a Star Wars thing versus a Star Trek thing. Uh, we all put it to a vote. Uh, we uh, we use our geek logic, whatever rationales we want. Uh, and we do this until we find a winner.
0: All right, then. Let's uh, start the fight. Um, we're going to you, Mr. Wood. Star Trek or Star Wars?
2: Trek. Right, one Um, word answers, right?
0: Yeah. Trek. Trek. I'm going wars. And we'll be
3: back right after this short break.
4: Round one.
3: Star Trek had relationships and conflict among the relationships and stories that involved humanity and and philosophical questions, which were dramatized at their best. Star Wars was special effects. was yeah. ILM at its best. First of all, Star Wars is derivative of Star Trek. By, what, 10, 15, 20 years, something, whatever it was. Derivative. <laughs> okay? The only thing they had was our special effects, as good as they were. <laughs> God knows what those actors look like in reality with all those special effects. I mean, there's no telling what ILM did for those faces and those hairdos. They may have walked around with nothing on. And they got clothed by and made up by ILM. We don't know. We don't know what they were like. There is no question that we puny humans on Star Trek facing that cold uh Camera every day. We're exposed to a far greater degree.
4: Well,
3: uh, in all our human.
5: Yes, you had to wear actual clothes. Yeah, there's and
3: tight fitting after lunch. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's a what big difference. I don't yes, know. There, there's is, a, there a is a big difference, difference. Between, between Star Wars and uh, Star Trek. And with J.J. Abrams piling on the special effects now, uh, I would say that there is a resurgence of Star Trek in a big movie frame uh, that supersedes Star Wars. So So on every level. Now, look at that. I've just discovered something. Not only was the television show more humane and dealt with more human principles and things like that than Star Wars, but now Star Trek has got even more special effects than Star Wars. So Star Wars has nothing to stand on. Uh, Princess Leia as beautiful as, the, as she was, and as wonderful an actress as she is, can't compare to the marvelous heroines we had on Star Trek. I'm saying, I'm not saying that the pretty girls, and they were prettier than the girls on Star Wars, absolutely. I'm not saying that that's just the only thing, uh, that Star Trek is better than, in Star Wars, I'm saying the stories were
6: better. And then would you run off with Princess Leia? Absolutely.
3: Leia. Sorry, Leia. Absolutely. That would be the perfect union of Star Wars'
4: Captain Kirk and character. Princess Leia run off, and run off together. together. And,
3: and into the sunset. Pursued, In a outfit. Pursued by...
4: <laughs> Chewbacca. <laughs>
3: So much for that subject.
2: Okay. What else do you have?
4: Round
3: two. Okay. So, but you've heard this whole thing with William Shatner and how he's created this Star Trek versus Star Wars. If he was sitting here right now instead of me, what would you say in lieu of this whole challenge that he's put up against Star Trek versus Star Wars?
6: They're not in the same league. I mean, they have the word star in the title. True. And, um and there's a space travel, right? Where do they go to? I don't really cling don't on. on. It just sounds like a laundry detergent. <laughs> they, they don't have... All the stuff we had was, You've never seen it before. Now, show me a special effect. Maybe they're just their effects. They're not called special effects. Or in, the case, in of, the case of him. Yeah, in the case of just him. And, and also... They've been um, syndicated, and to be syndicated is actually physically painful. Now he's saying we're all naked in the show because they can draw bathing suits. Really? I don't think so. I had the metal bikini. By the way, Bill has borrowed it. (laughs) I want to see him in his clingy outfit again. We should have like a costume on.
3: You do the metal bikini, oh, and oh. he get back into that sausage outfit.
6: Well, if you wore that outfit, those are the outfits you would wear to a, a Sarah Palin Roundup. A and I hear that Cheney likes Star Trek. So that right there. And he's had a kidney stone, right? Mm-hmm. Get this. That he sold for $75,000. Now, keep in mind, this is an item... That one would have, it comes out of the person's, penis. what? Well, penis, ultimately, yes. <laughs> and that, to me, has never been something erotic. Oh, is that out of William Shatner's penis? Did, <laughs> did it f- finally come out? Oh, great. So did
3: you see he also wants to just ride out into the sunset with Princess Leia?
6: <laughs> I mean, there are no sunsets in... Star Trek. They couldn't afford it in their budget. Not not that this is a big deal, but our merchandising is so much better. Definitely. And my space buns, they're so much better than Nimoy's ears. Now, George allowed Bill to one day be in the Darth Vader costume. And do the breathing and everything. And I've never seen anyone so excited, he couldn't do it. He used to ask, you know, for line changes when you never see his face, right? So here's the thing. If you see Bill Shatner, call him Han Solo. Just...
2: (laughs) Round three.
3: Carrie Fisher. Skinny little Carrie Fisher. What is she, 39? I'm a lot older than that. Wait till you're my age, Carrie Fisher. See how much weight you gain. This isn't weight. This is muscle. I mean, look at that. That's a muscle. What do you got? Skinny little pipe legs. And as for sunsets, that wasn't a sunset. I asked you to walk into the sunrise. There's hope there. You don't have any hope. Sunset because you were on Star Wars Star Trek is sunrise and yes I did beg and grovel and, 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 and was at the people's the producer's feet in order to play Darth Vader they got this big heavy voiced guy I was going to play Darth Vader hi like this hi, I'm your father it would have been sensational but no They wouldn't have me. And, you know, talking about special effects, it's true. Star Wars did have the best special effects. In fact, everything about Star Wars was special effects. It was great special effects. I envied the special effects. The only thing is, you guys forgot about story. Story and character and plot development. Those kind of basic things. And as for you in the bikini and me in my original costume, I don't know whether we're ready for you in the bikini. My costume was made of stretch material. So there wouldn't be any difficulty in giving it a little push here and there for me to go into my original uh, wardrobe. But you in the bikini now needs a little more than push and pull. It needs a lot of Uplift. See you, Carrie.
4: And the winner is... Star Trek.
3: Did you survive the Con of Wrath? Hey, this is Dr. Trek, Larry
7: Nemechek from treklandblog.com, and The Con of Wrath is both real history and the title of my documentary about it, The Most Glorious Failure in Star Trek History. No, seriously, The Ultimate Fantasy, Star Trek's first rock concert of a show, Houston, 1982, where the original cast, nationwide fans, and local crew all helped turn this incredible meltdown into a miracle. So what did happen that weekend and do we even know why today well you can read all about it at conorvraft.com and see how you can donate to preserve this wacky wonderful corner of trek history all donors get a screen credit and rewards oh and if you're a survivor like walter Caney, card bennett and wendy Dewan, let us know your tales too thanks a lot guys
5: this is Shannon from Flounderware, flounderware.com, and you're listening to Geek Fights.
0: And we're back doing what we do every single goddamn week in the goddamn goddamn year. Goddamn it! Wow, I haven't sworn yet in this episode. I'm coming at you with Jared Formby, trademark geek cred. Um, we're gonna go to you, Mister Gill. What is your geek cred?
7: I have absolutely no geek cred whatsoever, excepting that I know you guys, and I am sucked into the vacuous emptiness of loserdom that has become pop culture.
0: Thank you very much. Uh, Mr. Chris Wood, what is your geek cred, sir?
2: Um, I run two websites on the interwebs, uh, one called Subspace Communicate and one called Buy That Robot. Uh, They're both very Trek-centric, and I kind of look like a young Peter Mayhew. (laughs)
0: <laughs> not kind of. You uh, extremely like if you were like four inches taller, you would be Peter Mayhew. And uh Mr. Felsher, what is your geek red?
5: You can use a teaspoon of salt or not. It really depends on how you're feeling. All right. Let's
0: uh jump back into the fights. Um well Mr. Felsher, what's your pick? Check. Mr. Gill. course Oh, it's all tied up. It comes down to you, Mr. Ortiz. Which one
1: takes the win? Ooh, this is tough. Um, Wars. And that's it. Star Wars is the winner of Star Trek versus Star
0: Wars. Uh, As always, we're normally wrong. We're always wrong. Thanks for listening. Uh, Does anybody have anything they'd like to plug? Uh, Chris Wood.
2: I uh, go to subspacecommunicate.com to uh, read about Star Trek stuff and go to buybyrobot.com to buy Star Trek stuff.
0: All right. Mr. Gill?
5: What? <laughs> uh, Mr. Felscher? Uh, you know, I had a whole thing for Del Taco, but this, this episode wore me out. I'm too tired to do it. <laughs> uh,
0: all right. All right. I, I can see that. Uh, check out our friends DVDgeeks.tv, Subspace Communicate and their awesome podcast, Life After Trek, and their awesome website, Bye Bye Robot and the Rockford Files files that still exist. Uh, a drunken, rambling, making a website of just rock profile things. Uh, also, uh, check out Inappropriate Conversations. Greg Blanchard over there is pretty awesome. Uh, the Soulless Minions of Orthodoxy, Commentary track stars, and John Champion, and Ken Ray with the Mission Log a Roddenberry Podcast. Special thanks goes to Karen for being our web presence. Check out what she's doing on the Geek GeekFights Tumblr. Chris Mitchell, who created a Geek Fights wikia, and Christy Woke, who helped flesh it out. Uh, you can play on there too. Just ask any one of them, Christy or, uh, Chris, and they'll, they'll actually put an entry on there for you. Uh, and who could forget the amazing Jared form and the intro for this one. That was, was ridiculous. I love it. So, uh, it was really, it was really good. You can check him out at www.hastartrek.net.
1: Uh, Mike, you can find me every week on the week and geek video show on YouTube, where we preview new comics Uh, By the time you hear this, I think we will be hitting our 100th episode. Uh, You can find us at geekfights.net, where we have lists of show ideas, the brackets we mentioned earlier or didn't mention earlier, our past episodes, links to our wiki, our Facebook page, and our Tumblr. Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes and Xbox Music, and like us on Facebook. If you'd like to be on the panel, just contact us at geekfights at gmail.com or on Facebook or Twitter. Just look for Geek Fights or follow the links on our website. That's all
0: it takes to join the Legion of
1: Geeks. Oh, uh, let's see. Next
0: week's episode, it's Best Law and Order Character. And after that, it's be- for, for Valentine's Day. You know, last year we did uh, Best uh, Comedy, uh, Best uh, Romantic Comedy. And this year it's an all-guy panel, and it's going to be Best 80s Action Film. Any and all ideas are welcome. Uh, thanks again for listening.
1: Until next time. Keep fighting the geek fight. Good night
4: ra ra pa pa ra pa 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 bum ba da
0: are, are, are great, great enough to be on here because, you know, you guys talk really nicely about things. Except for Michael, who just says Dinosaur.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's all. But, uh, yeah, you know, uh, I'll, I'll go first because it's really hard to do this, but uh, definitely it's Star Wars. Star Wars had the biggest influence on me because it's what pulled me into science fiction. Without Star Wars, I'm, I'm probably a jock. Like, and not an actual physical jock. I I, I mean... <laughs> but although I could have been. I, I, I mean... Been? I mean, a, a you know, the guy who watches sports. Because my dad is a sports guy. Who happened to like comic books when he was a kid. But that was about it. Like, And that's probably one of the, the road I would have gone down without
5: Star Wars. is
0: You know, somebody who liked comic books when I was a kid. But I grew up and started paying attention to the same thing, which is sports. But uh, I think... The the impact, uh, peer, uh, you know, more bigger on me was Star Wars, but which one had the bigger impact? I think they they they're both tied together throughout time until the end of time. I think without one, the other one doesn't have as big an impact. So so by that virtue, because Star Star Trek comes before Star Wars, I think Star Wars has uh, Star Trek has a
1: bigger impact. But uh, Mr. Ortiz, anything? Well, I um. I mean, first, I'd I love Star Trek. Um, in terms of, of preference, which one do I really like more? I like Star Trek a lot more. I've watched Star Trek uh, more recently. Uh, I own more Star Trek stuff. Um, you know, if, I, if after this show I was going to watch something... Well, I, I can guarantee you I will watch something Star Trek in the next 24 hours or listen to something Star Trek in the next 24 hours, and I won't with Star Wars. I mean, Star Wars is not... Is not a, a an everyday sort of thing, but I I think its impact is much much bigger, um, and and I think that that impact is is bigger on me because uh, I saw Star Trek when I was a kid, um, you know when it was in syndication in, in the seventies. And I'd kind of read comic books, you know, here and there and seen science fiction movies. But I, I wasn't a geek by any means. But it was Star, Star Wars that just pretty much changed it. After Star Wars, that's when I start collecting things. That's when I start, um, and not just like buying toys and playing with them breaking. I mean, like building collections of things. I wanted to get all of those blue Star Wars cards, all of the action figures. Um, that's really what turned me into uh, a geek. So just for me, I Star Trek was there, but... It would not have, I would not have really loved Star Trek if I hadn't become a geek because of Star Wars. And I think its impact is bigger just on, on the world in general. I mean, it really created the summer blockbuster. And, uh, I think, uh, I think the, to outside of the geek community, to the general public at large, they're much more aware of Star Wars and what it is and, and enjoyed it more. I mean, that's. Star War. Star Wars was the highest-grossing movie of all time for a very long time, and all of the Star Wars movies are at the very, very top of the list. And, how, and up until, I don't, I don't think a Star Trek movie was ever even the highest-grossing movie of a year. So clearly, Star Wars has had a is much more connected to a wider audience. A lot more mainstream people collect or, or may um, connect to it. Um, Maybe not as many hardcore geeks. Most geeks, I know, seem to kind of lean more Star Trek. But, you know, if you look at the big picture, I think it's Star Wars. Uh, Mr. Wood.
2: For the biggest impact on me, it's, well, you know, honestly, for both of these uh, questions, it would be Star Trek. Um, I started with Star Trek, even though I probably saw Star Wars first. Um, although I don't remember it. I was two when the first Star Wars came out. I'm pretty sure my folks took me to see all of them. I remember seeing Empire. I remember seeing Return of the Jedi. I unfortunately remember seeing the last three. Um, But for the biggest impact, I mean, dude, I run a Star Trek site. And I started it like on my own without ever thinking that I would make money at it. It was just literally a hobby. Um, So, yeah, the biggest impact for me is Star Trek. Now, as far as like a, a sociological impact, I would say Star Trek. And you know what? Honestly, I got to say, I'll probably say Star Wars when I mean Star Trek, and I'll probably say Star Trek when I mean Star Wars. So let's just put that out there. Um, but so far, I've done well. Everything I've said, i that Star Trek. Um, sociological, I mean, the 60s, Star Trek was a mirror uh, for society. They were able to, you know, we all know this. They were able to portray things that were going on in society, uh, the race issue, uh, the communist issue, a bunch of other issues, uh, women's issues. Um, they were able to show it in a light where people could understand it, and it would take down that filter. People wouldn't automatically get offended, but then they would understand. Oh, this is the message they're trying to trying to sell, um, and I think that it had a, a positive impact on society. Now, go into the 70s, then you start seeing the fandom churn. You know, with the first conventions in '72. And then from then on, and then we didn't have another new Star Trek until 79 with the motion picture, which almost killed the franchise, unfortunately. Um, Then you had Wrath of Khan that brought back, you know, not brought back, but made Star Trek something that actually made money and did well. Up until that point, Wrath of Khan, you know, nothing had really done great, except for maybe Star Trek in in syndication. Um, But, I mean, for a long-lasting impact, I mean, we've had, what? 47 years, almost 48. Is that right? 40-some years of Star Trek. uh, And it keeps going and hasn't stopped yet and continues to make an impact. So technologically, I mean, you you look at the stuff in the 60s, communicators, pads, all that stuff. I mean, it's like they were seeing into the future or they've been influenced people that would create those products in the future. Um, So I think the biggest impact has got to be Star Trek.
7: Michael.
5: It's really hard to say because it, when my dad introduced me to Star Trek when I was very, very young and Star Wars when I was very, very young. And it, it's hard to say because Star Trek had a weird, it's in a very strange evolution over time. it started off mildly successful as a television show. It went away. We brought back the. We brought it as an animated show, which did okay, but didn't exactly set the world on fire. Fan conventions began to spring up. There was a huge groundswell of support for the show. Paramount was deciding on whether to launch this new network. They decided to do a Star Trek Phase 2. During that time, however, Star Wars broke in 77. Now, would Star Wars have been even greenlit at Fox Had Star Trek not kind of opened the door for that type of science fiction? Who knows? It's it's hard to say, but I'm I'm willing to say that it was definitely a, a an influence and something that opened a door. But Star Wars exploded in a way that nothing Star Trek had ever done before. I mean, it was, it, it transformed an entire industry. As a result of that, Star Trek Phase Two, when the whole second, then the whole new Paramount Network thing fell apart, that became Star Trek The Motion Picture. There's no way that would have happened had Star Wars not happened. And actually, Star Trek: The Motion Picture, although not a critical favorite, and certainly not a film that was beloved by a huge amount of people, it was actually the most profitable uh, Star Star Trek movie until Star Trek IV came along. It was actually a a significant box office success. It's just that the perception of it was that it was a disappointment creatively, and it just it didn't really win anybody over. And then, of course, Star Trek II came along, and it really rejuvenated the, the fan and the critical support, and. It, you know and then the series kept going every few years there was a uh, was a star trek film and that led to next generation and then it just built upon itself it just became this machine which just kept and then it has infiltrated all both franchises have infiltrated the the public consciousness and in so many ways it's almost impossible to count as a kid, though, I would say Star Wars had a bigger impact on me because I was such a rabid collector of all the figures and everything, and I was just so into those, into the universes that, uh, that were being created in those movies. But then Star Wars effectively went dead in 83. And even by then, I wasn't so much a toy guy anymore, and so it was more about the movie and you know, it was over in 83, and that was it. And then there wasn't another one for another 16 years. And during that time, I became much more interested in Star Trek, It's a much deeper show, It was you know, the much deeper themes. And Star Trek, our Star Wars is relatively simplistic in terms of its story and its characters and its themes compared to what Star Trek has, you know, done. Of course, it has, you know, Star Trek had multiple series and movies to, to explore all that with, but just inherently, I think the concept is much richer. And I think Star Trek Ended up being much more influential on me and much more close to me as an adult. Or, you know, later in the teenage years and in my twenties and thirties, and now coming up on my forties. Uh, I think that Star Trek definitely means more to me. Uh, the prequels for Star Wars didn't help because there really wasn't anything for there for me as an adult really to grab onto those. But films were made for kids, and I, which is strange because I, you know, I just I couldn't really. I couldn't get into what was being. I don't know. I just the, 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 start at some point. Star Wars stopped being something that was really all that interesting for me. I'm looking forward to what a non-Lucas Star Wars is going to be like. And but in terms of global influence, I think it's almost impossible to tell. But so I have to kind of side with Star Trek because I think it's the franchise that has evolved more successfully, and I think it's the one that it still has more challenging. Ideas and filmmaking and stories behind it than Star Wars does, but you know we're going to find out in a few years whether Star Wars can successfully, re, you know, reboot itself and uh, and you know rise to the challenge again. So it's interesting to see how these things kind of dovetail in and out of each other over the years.
2: Hey, it's funny. You know, I just looked that up. Um, that just blew my mind that uh, the motion picture actually did more in the box office than the Rathicon
5: yeah, it did.
2: That, it did. That's
5: it was, crazy, man. Yeah, and see, it's interesting. It's the perception
1: over the years of that movie was a dub, I and mean, it was just because no one really liked it. Yeah. Uh it, just, it was it, a it was but, you know. it was a very it was a huge deal at the time. I mean, it was there was a oh, tremendous was amount of excitement about that movie, and so a lot of people saw oh, it. And a lot of people crazy. wanted to see it. Um, it's just you know they walked out going that wasn't as good as Star Wars, and that's exactly yeah. the comparison no, it, that was it, being made. <laughs>
5: No, and the visual effects at the time were outstanding, and it was a great, grand, epic thing. I mean, looking back at it now, there's a lot to enjoy about the movie, but it wasn't the Star Trek everyone had come to love at that point. It was a much different beast, and it was weird. As long as they were trying to do the grand scale of Star Wars, but throwing a little 2001 in there, it was like, you know, it was it was they swung for the fences with it, but unfortunately, it wasn't really a home run. It was just a slight foul ball that killed a couple people in the stands. Um, and it was just like, you know, I, I, I gotta give him credit, but it was interesting how they immediately decided, well, there's still profit in this thing. Okay, we got to take it back to what people really love and this thing's never going to go any further. And yeah. it was like half the capital wasn't going to come back either because me boy with that point was already like, uh, no, screw this. So, you know, the, it was interesting to see how Star Trek has responded to its own
7: mistakes over the years, where Star Wars really hasn't done
0: that. Well, they also really haven't made mistakes. But, uh, Mr. Gill? <laughs> <laughs>
7: oh, come on, they made plenty of mistakes.
5: Um, financial, I mean, no, financial mistakes, no. No, no not at all.
0: And, and I'd have to say not creative either, because when you look at it, there's a whole new generation of Star Wars fans who are who are as rabid or more rabid about Star Wars uh, that wouldn't exist without the prequels? Those prequels are extremely successful. It, they just don't work for us.
5: That, that's, yeah. yeah, no, no, and those kids, those kids are all retarded, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, what's
4: your deal?
1: Yeah, but the entire future <laughs> depends on them. So, yeah, the entire future.
7: Yeah, well, we're dead. We're dead. We're dead. Well, but the, the, the prequels—they did you know, They did—they did bring you know a younger audience in which Star Trek really doesn't have the ability to do up until the J.J. J. Abrams one because they. it is like the difference between Star Trek and Star Wars. They're, they're both very influential in my life. Star Wars is the one I enjoy, uh, and Star Trek is the one that, like my father, enjoyed. There's more science than fiction in Star Trek, and more fiction than science in Star Wars, but. The issue for me was it was kind of boring, like the classic series was fun because Kirk was always, you know, fighting people and getting the girl and stuff like that. And those are the ones that were playing in reruns when I was a kid that my dad wouldn't let me watch. But, but the it was the um, you know, just, just the excitement, just the, the visual excitement, and the music of Star Wars and spaceships flying around and shooting lasers in outer space and all that ridiculous stun, the carnival of it all, that's what made it, that's why it was as successful to have toy lines and coloring books and stuff like that. Star Trek always just struck me as a little more boring. I always had respect for it, but I never really enjoyed it. The next Generation came out, and Voyager, and Deep Space Nine, and Enterprise, and you know, they did they did keep plugging away, they did keep telling good stories, but um, I'm not going to, like Mike's going to watch Star Trek in the next 24 hours, I'm probably not going to watch Star Trek in the next year. No interest. I'm probably also not going to rewatch Star Wars movies in the next year. But I, you know, I would much rather watch, you know, Empire for the 150th time than watch any episode of the Next Generation, just because, you know, they were. And I'm a I'm not an intelligent audience member. I don't know. I just want to have fun. I just want to be entertained, which is why, you know, the JJ Abrams one that came out. I've blown away. I never thought I would be so moved or so excited or laugh so hard at a Star Trek thing and all he did was take the the core parts of these great characters and make it a really more exciting. And I think that's, that's a really good thing. So hopefully this, this you know, Star Trek Into Darkness these bring in new audience members. They definitely have. I mean, I know people that saw that movie that have never seen an episode of Star Trek or, or seen Star Wars. So they did go check out that first movie and they loved it. And uh, part of that is the level of popularity that science fiction and superhero movies and all these geek things that we enjoy and have been fighting about and fighting for for it sounds like most of our lives. Um, you know, they're 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 out there now. So all the stories are gonna get better. And uh but Star Wars to me I had all these toys, I still have the Darth Vader case with like thirty of my original figures in there and some things I've passed on to my son and but I never bought like a Phaser. I didn't even have the cool Mego Star Trek guys, which I did think were pretty cool back in the day. Um, yeah, so for me, like, like Dana said, it was definitely a huge influence in my choice in developing the, the urge to collect, to, you know, do what we do. Um, you know, Star Wars was huge in that. Like, because I bought all those action figures, and I collected G.I. Joe, and then I collected this, and then, you know, Expanded Universe came out. Maybe you bought the books. Maybe you bought the comic books. And uh, just keep going like that. And i have a wonderfully exciting collection of graphic novels. And I think that the reason I have developed this addiction is because of the excitement and the availability of Star Wars product, And to be re-stimulated time and again, my imagination, uh, by these films and by these characters. I mean... Did you ever play on the playground? Did you ever play Star Trek? You might have. I certainly didn't. When we played in my school, it was like, you fight over who gets to be hung Solo. know, everybody wanted to have lightsaber battles. Nobody wanted to uh, to play Star Trek characters when they were a kid. So, maybe it's just the way it was designed. You know, obviously Lucas immediately learned how to uh manipulate children to child's audience.
0: Yeah. Mine children. Mine children. You can, you can say it because that's what he's been.
7: Mine my, my children. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, they to different, different people tell different
1: types of stories. The other way to say that uh, is he, he did things that brought ch- children, lots of happiness. It's, it's Those toys yeah, made me happy. God joy. They were the love I didn't yeah, get absolutely. from my parents.
2: Yeah, yeah like, Star Wars definitely has the better toys. That's for sure. I mean, you yeah. look like the the stuff now with Diamond Select and quantum mechanics and whatever. But as a kid, dude, I
1: couldn't find a Star Trek toy that was worth the crap. So
5: yeah,
1: I do yeah, find like it interesting that there's, there's Star Wars toys, a dedicated aisle to Star Wars toys, constantly. And yeah, there's yeah. there's not even Star Trek toys yet for an upcoming movie. I mean, Star Star Trek hits the shelves in in toy stores and Myers and WalMarts uh, in a you know a movie cycle format. But uh, Star Wars, there's just always a dedicated section. There yeah. been a dedicated I, I section my,
4: uh, yeah.
0: uh, There's been a dedicated section for Star Wars since. Uh, what, what was that, it? Was that ninety five, ninety six when they did the the new line of Star Wars toys? When they yeah, I think so. When yeah. they remolded them and and put them uh, put out new molds and, and changed yeah. them. Wasn't that around the time of
1: the uh, or was that before the uh, special editions? It was before the special editions. Yeah, right it was before. Yeah,
7: yeah. it was at like you. I mean, we're making your toys, and then they just came in and just kept making them better sculpts, and and they had a little gold coins, or they had whatever yeah silly thing to get you to keep buying them. Then they had the special editions, and they had the prequels, and they had the Clone Wars. Yeah, they just never
4: stopped. But, uh, but uh, comics, yeah. you're right. I was
7: just going to say, I picked up my my uh, Sulu action figure from the uh, the J.J. Abrams one for like $2, like in a toy dress, because all the Star Trek toys from the movies from a couple from 2010 are like, you know, bargains now, because nobody bought them. The toy lines are terrible. Yeah, well... But,
4: oh, bark, blah,
0: blah. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? He said, "Oh, buck, buck, buck!" I think.
5: No, no, I went bark, bark. I wouldn't say that's like the last five minutes. Just underneath there, bark, bark, bark.
0: Okay, but yeah, uh, uh, I, I and and it is, it is one of those things where I, I do truly believe that the evolution of geek culture that happened in the 1970s, which I, I would personally say, is spearheaded by. Uh, Star Trek but uh, you know I wasn't really uh, I was alive in the 70s but I wasn't alive in the 70s but you know the the first fan conventions and all that stuff started happening in, in the 70s and it just led to a perfect platform for weird geeks to find things and then Star Wars comes and then you go okay well you just mix these two things together and they go great together and you've got you know a good 10 year period of that happening and then comics take off and then Star Trek comes back
4: Oh, I love. Yeah,
7: I mean, it's all looking it's, all, it's just a machine that sees itself. You know, like it's this because this happened and because this happened, and we got all these other great things. And I, you know, it's a preferential thing because really, I don't know that I could say that one is better than the other because one without the other, everything that we enjoy wouldn't be right. the Things that we enjoy today. So
0: that, that that is that is the thing that I that I truly love about the the two of them because one without the other, I don't know, is as strong as both. Uh, having an appreciation and an enjoyment of both of them. Cause whenever I run into somebody who goes, I only like star Trek, fuck star Wars. I'd never watch that bullshit or vice versa. I go, why are you denying yourself? Because it's not like they are the uh, exact same things. Like Dave was saying, they, it, star Wars is, <laughs> star Wars is more fiction than science and star Trek is more science than fiction. And, and when you mix the two of them together, you've got, like, a nice peanut butter cup,
7: and it's fucking awesome. Yeah, I and mean, if you have one or the other, it's like, you see, like the Beatles of the Rolling Stones? Like, why in the world would you like them both? You know? Exactly. <laughs> you know what's interesting? <laughs> They've
4: never
5: had a cross... Uh, one exception that I can think of, there's never been any kind of crossover between the two. There's never been, like, an actor's appearing or anything like that. There's never been... There's only one time I can think of where there was sort of an official sort of combining of Star Trek and Star Wars and it was in a very strange way when William Shatner appeared at George Lucas's AFI <laughs>
4: that
5: that was awesome. Which was awesome. It was and, it was just, and it was the weird thing. Everyone at first was like, What the hell is he doing here? And he, the whole gag was that he was at the wrong tribute. And so it was just I thought it was interesting that these things have never really they've yeah, always coexisted. But they've never interwoven with each other at any point. They've always been very separate.
1: Marvel and DC have done it. Doctor Who and Star Trek have done it. But never Star Trek and Star Wars.
5: No. My dream is... Honestly, my dream is that the Enterprise is flying along one day and they crash right into one of the title roles from one of the Star Wars movies. And they're like, what the fuck is this (laughs) thing floating around out here?
1: (laughs) Well, you do realize that at this point there is... The possibility of there not being a, a Marvel Comics Star Wars crossover of some sort is zero. I mean, mm-hmm. come on, Darth Vader and uh, Iron Man. <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be Actually, awesome. I heard but, someone saying, hey, they could tie it in with the Guardians of the Galaxy movie.
0: They could? Yeah, they're out, I mean, why not? I mean, if you're going to have a fucking raccoon out there, why
7: not? Well, because it happened a long, long
0: time
1: ago. There's not time I, I travel somehow. in comic book movies? And Star oh, but,
5: Wars? But, or, and Star Trek? Yeah, but, Star Trek? Yeah, they never do time, they never do time travel on Star Trek, so that's never going to work. Except for, <laughs> what, three out of the 11
0: movies have time travel in them? I'm just saying, they only they never do it except for all the time. Yeah. I, and it is weird, but I think I think the reason they don't cross over is because Star Wars happened a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And that would fry too many geek brains if they actually crossed over. Because that But would even just kind
1: of an inform, like a, a not not Luke will meet Kirk, but you know, you never see the an intermingling of the actors really.
5: Yeah. Or or there's the other there's the other there's the other reason. Lucas is looking at it like I'm making billions of dollars. Why do I need to bring in the million dollar franchise <laughs> into my <laughs> franchise? get your chocolate out of my peanut butter. I mean, basically, he's, he's, he's kind of like, I'm making millions of dollars without Star Trek. I don't need their couple million. Fuck them. You know,
0: it could be that, but we'll fight. But Disney, now that yeah, Disney they has control care. of it, they're like, oh, we'll take your couple million. We don't care. Oh
5: yeah, they don't care.
0: Yeah. So it'll be It is going to be interesting. That yeah, well, Disney, we like,
1: now how many right. toy lines will we get out of this? <laughs> yeah.
0: Wow, you know, it, 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 the, just imagine
1: a Mister Spock toy in the star in the Star Wars line.
0: You know what? You know what? Oh, that would be cool. But you know, you know what's going to end up happening if they ever get an animated series off the ground for Star Trek? That's yeah. where the crossover. That's that's where it would or could happen with new geeks because old geeks are too set in their way. But new geeks would be like, "Oh, that was the coolest thing ever." Because yeah. Star Trek, I could hear, I could hear the argument why Star Trek can't crossover. They're in a different galaxy. Uh, Nobody in Star Trek has been outside of our own particular galaxy ever. Ever. There's the Alpha Quadrant. They could be taken there by a Q.
1: What? They could be taken there by a Q.
0: I don't know about that. I I, I just don't think that would be possible because how far away is this galaxy? And it was a long time ago. And then, you know. It's ideological. Very (laughs) ideological. And, and, and then the same thing would be, well, fuck, uh, uh, for hardcore Star Wars fans, most of them, they are just, well, fuck Star Trek. <laughs> like, that's, yeah. that's the line. We don't need them. We don't need them. <laughs> don't need them.
2: Uh, dude, so, okay, I recently watched, and, and I really like Star Wars. I love Star Trek, but I really like Star Wars, right? But I recently watched Empire Strikes Back, which is my favorite of the original you know, three trilogy. And then I watched Revenge of the Jedi or Revenge of the Sith or whatever the crap it's called, which I like too. I thought it was the best out of the, the later three, right? But the thing is I watched Empire and then I watched Revenge of the Sith. Holy crap Revenge of the Sith sucked. Yeah. Dude, like coming off of Empire into that, I was like, this is just freaking terrible. That's why you have to watch it, totally it immediately like,
1: after Attack of the Clones.
2: Dude, it totally switched.
1: <laughs> I, I and
2: I really liked Revenge of the Sith, really, really liked it. But watching it after Empire, I was just like, "This is this pales in comparison."
0: Well, that's because when you were watching Empire, you were watching Empire as eleven, no, no, seven, seven-year-old. Dude, you.
2: it was even just the dialogue. Yeah, it was terrible. I mean, the the di- looking back at like I can rewatch something, and of course, there's going to be that filter of oh, I liked this as a kid. But there's been so many times that I've rewatched something that I liked as a
0: kid and just thought, wow, this is bad. You like, know, Knight Rider? You, you, should, instance, <laughs> you should watch uh, Star Wars and then uh, Revenge of the Sith. Because Star Wars is the only one that's di- directed and written by him, correct? Yeah. Because the other really two... The
7: original version, yeah. Yeah, because the yeah, other well, two... Yeah, he has the scripts for the other ones.
0: Yeah, you know, he it's not all his hokey fucking dialogue. <laughs> well, I don't
7: think it's well, the like, the prequel is it's a huge political story. I mean, that's, that's the other problem with it. The, the, the first thing are all about your little seven-person character, you know? Yeah. You got Han and Leia, and Luke and Chewie, and droids, and Obi-Wan, you know, but this other one was just huge. It's this huge intergalactic senate, and, you know, armies that we can't even fathom the size of, and the politics of planets, and, you know, that... As a
2: political well, he state, it. was actually pretty cool. But he as a little movie, it kind
7: of like Meh. He wrote
0: all <laughs> of them, right? That's that's the thing. He wrote all of them, right? He yeah. plotted uh, two and three. Two and three, yeah. But he didn't. He didn't really. I mean, he didn't write, write the scripts for
1: them. he, no, he, he didn't write at the, the dialogue. He didn't entirely really write the script for one either, though. If you if you yeah, read okay. the, he uh, there was a lot of rewriting. There was a lot of uh, work done by. Uh, other people because he uh, he never felt he quite nailed it.
2: I think the problem need, is, is to... you, have, you have good actors and actresses within the, the prequels. And you have hokey dialogue in all of them, all six movies. I think the, the issue for me, and maybe this is just my opinion, I don't know. But I think it's his direct It all seems so wooden. I mean, even Ewan McGregor, which I loved as Obi-Wan Kenobi, seemed so wooden. And I think maybe that falls back to the director.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I would actually go farther to say that how many people have been nominated for Academy Awards that that were and, and won Academy Awards that were fucking horrible in the the, the prequel? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, that is not the fault of those actors. That is more more his direction bark. than, than bark, anything. Bar 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 bark, 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 bark. <laughs> But uh, does anybody have anything else they want to say, really want to, have to say about these two franchises?
1: Well uh, one, of the, I said all I can. one of the interesting things I think with uh with the movies though uh the the negative a lot of the negative reaction to Star Trek the Motion Picture was from the more sci fi aspect. And I think
4: uh
1: it's it's Grace and he keeps talking the so, uh, Gil, Gil can hear that
4: we can hear him. <laughs>
1: oh, okay. Um but uh, Sorry. Star Trek Ask the Motion Picture. <laughs> how does he vote? Uh Star Trek the Motion Picture is much uh was I I think it certainly appears to be a deliberate attempt to be very different from being Star Wars. Um you know, I think they they really did not want to come off as as being a star Wars ripoff, especially because they had been working on this as a TV show. uh, And they just sort of repurposed uh, a lot of it. Um, And, and I think the kind of going the more cerebral route was their way to sort of showcase how star Star Trek uh, was very different from star Wars. And ultimately it it doesn't really uh, click with a lot of people. Um, And then prior to the new star Trek movie, you do hear uh, JJ Abrams saying things like, Uh, you know, he's going, you know, he was a star Wars fan and he's going to bring a little bit of that to the star uh, Trek franchise, that sort of big scale movie making. And, uh, and ultimately it becomes the the most successful. So, you know, I think it's uh, among geeks, I think star Trek is much bigger, more popular, um, because it is smarter. And in a lot of ways, uh, it is bigger. I mean, we, there's an expanded star Wars universe. That is pretty huge and certainly big with, with a, with a lot of Star Wars fans and a lot of younger fans. But I have very little, you know, contact with it. I know there are books. I haven't read them. I know there are comics. I've read a couple of them. I know there are uh, a, a Clone Wars TV show. I haven't watched any of it. But with Star Trek, um, it's more than just the movies, of which there are still more than the Star Wars movies. But there's you know a ridiculous number of episodes of television. Uh, that have expanded that universe in a way that I have been able to watch and connect to. And I think a lot of geeks have, and I think that's why it's much uh, it's it's much more popular within kind of a geek community. But I think when you get outside of that, uh, especially among children, uh, there's a much wider awareness of Star Wars than of Star Trek. But then, like, you know, we have a Star Wars font in our logo, or a Star Trek font in our logo. We have done endless numbers of star trek related episodes and we struggle to find star wars episode you know topics that we can do so it's really kind of amazing how to me and that's why i think i like star trek more it is much more embedded in kind of the geek world um and i think that's why it we we sometimes uh you know maybe uh i mean god knows we've we've been accused of being a star trek oriented show for a long time instead of star wars uh, even though both damon and i have talked about our love for star Wars. But, uh, just in terms of, like I said, t- what, what I'll do today, there were more, we had our, our geek Christmas ex- exchange and there's uh, a ton of star Trek gifts. Uh, and there always are, it's just kind of bigger with us, which uh, I guess well, is that the difference between the, is that, is that kind of another mainstream, uh, versus no, geek it, sort of thing? It, it's star Trek is itic,
0: in, infinite diversity and infinite combinations. There are several things that we can now, after Voyager, Deep Space Nine, and Enterprise, that we consider Star Trek, where Star Wars is lightsabers fighting in space and, you know, a few action scenes. Like, Star Wars is very set in stone what it is. If, it's not in the, if they're not lightsabers, if there aren't swashbucklers, it's not Star Wars. Where Star Trek, because of the things that come after Next Generation and a little bit of Next Generation, it, it, it morphed itself into Star Trek. Just has to be in the future. Like that's it. That's all. That's all it really takes now. Uh, so when when they talked about doing it, a Starfleet command, or not, wait, no, Starfleet Academy movie, everybody was upset about it. But at the end of the day, it was one of those things where it was like, I can see that you can do that with that. With, with Star Trek, you you have the ability to do almost anything that you want. whereas Star Trek and Star Wars is is much more singular there, there's only a few things that you can do with it and it's still star wars uh, you know if the jedis aren't wearing robes and and using lightsabers and if the sith aren't evil looking then it then it, then it then it starts to lose a little bit of what i think is star wars if there aren't droids around like there, there there's only a few things that and i think with episode seven and the one that zach isn't zach snyder doing one that isn't episode seven like, if those things come out and do something that is kind of Star Wars, it, it starts to expand that universe and make it grow into the thing that Star Trek is. For us, at least. Blar.
2: dude, there was one crossover between Star Trek and Star Wars. Uh, Han Solo's fifth cousin, uh, Thaddeus Okuna, or Okana, showed up in uh, a TNG episode. What? Don't you remember the outrageous O'Connor? That dude, uh, was it William Cam- Campbell played him? Okay. He looked he looked just like Han Solo
1: if Han Solo had gone to the pirate oh, shop. Yes, yeah. yes. I do remember that. It was Han Solo with Harry Mud's shirt. Yeah. Exactly, dude. That's totally it. But uh, yeah, I guess I guess we're done. No, I, I so. actually have one more question for everybody. Oh. This will be our closing okay. question. Um Okay, putting aside the franchises, their their impact, everything like that. Uh, and, and also putting aside the TV show, just looking at the movies, uh, which do you think, uh, like what, out of all of them, which is the best movie, the best t- two or three movies, what is the worst? Yeah.
4: Uh,
0: go ahead, Michael. You
1: sound like you really want to say something.
5: Um, well, from Star Wars, I think you have to pretty much limit it to the first three. Um, I would say just four sheer fun the first movie still holds up pretty well and there's parts of Return of the Jedi I think are brilliant Empire Strikes Back is a masterpiece though Um, so I would say Empire definitely represents the best of those from Star Trek it's funny there's a lot and it's interesting with Star Trek it depends on my mood really which one I mean Star Trek 2 always will be a top contender but then there's Star Trek 4 which I love Star Trek 6 I love the J.J. Abrams version, so I think there's more to draw from in terms of quality films, certainly much more interesting films uh, in the Star Trek universe than there are on uh, Star Wars, because I consider the prequels to be pretty much, by and large, a wash, and I didn't see the Clone Wars movie. And um, so, yeah, I don't know, I, I, for me, uh, Star Trek has the edge there, but, you know, Empire Strikes Back is uh, still
7: Empire Strikes Back, so.
4: Alright, um...
0: Let's see. Out of all of them mixed together, what is the best? And what probably leaves the most lasting impression? Uh, For me, it's gotta be Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi basically sets Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, R2-D2, C-3PO, Chewbacca, all of them. It sets all of those characters in stone until the end of time. Uh, It's the end of the story. Uh, It's also... The last Star Wars you get as a kid, for most of us, because uh, there isn't another Star Wars for another 16 years. That's, that's a whole generation of children that went without new Star Wars. And it set those characters in stone. Like, you can't change Han Solo or Luke or Leia or any of those characters now because they're set in stone. Like, they, they cannot be changed. Well, they can't, but they, they can't be changed. Uh, and so I, I think it's Return of the Jedi. Uh, that that actually has the largest impact on me and
4: right,
0: well, probably the best
4: uh, then,
7: Dave like, well so, I think yeah, I mean, obviously I mean everybody takes back to the masterpiece, piece and that would be my choice for a number of reasons one when someone came out I was like four I saw I tried to get the when I was a little older but that was when came out and that was you know, that cognitive age when you actually understand what you're seeing on the screen for real and you, you remember it all. Uh, and that movie obviously heavily influenced me. I did like all the original trilogy. I did like parts of all the prequels, parts, uh, although I think I prefer the uh, Lego video game version uh, than, than the actual movies. Uh, the Star Trek, Kong, Khan was always a good one. I did really like Nemesis. Uh, in the next generation movie, and then the D.J. Abram one, like I said earlier, it just it blew my mind at how into Star Trek I all of a sudden felt. So,
0: uh, double C.U. would, <laughs> uh, dude, okay,
2: well, impact on me. I would imagine it's probably Star Trek the motion picture. Um, and the reason I say that is it's the first it's the first movie I remember seeing Um, and the the whole experience probably had the most impact because I was young. I was like four, almost five. It came out December of 79 and uh, we saw it uh, on a family trip in Galveston, Texas. Uh, I remember seeing the poster outside. It's just a very vivid memory. Now, as far as like enjoyment factor probably Undiscovered Country is probably one of my favorites. I love Khan. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely adore Wrath of Khan, but Undiscovered Country has some pretty magical moments in it. And really, Star Trek V does too, even though I'm not a huge fan of that. Um, On the grand scheme of things, though, I think probably Empire is probably the the most beautiful movie out of the bunch. The most well-written movie out of the bunch. Um, But as far as, like, actual, like, me thinking, what would I watch it would be probably Star Trek 6 or Star Trek
0: 2. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh! Anything else, Mike?
1: Uh, well, yeah, I, I would kind of uh, agree with the Empire being, uh, I think, the, the best uh, made of all of the movies, uh, the tightest, uh, the most enjoyable. Um, I actually, my, my most enjoyable track would be uh, the new J.J. Uh, Abrams Trek, uh, just in terms of a, of a movie-enjoying experience. Uh, I think Six is my actual favorite Star Trek movie. Um, but Impact, uh, it, it would be Star Wars, but uh, I just think Empire's a better movie. All
0: right, we're done. <laughs> Those fuckers can go back to your real life.
7: <laughs> Blarg.
0: Blarg, exactly.
4: Oh, wait, I want to change my vote.
0: Are you going to change your vote? Oh, that's right. You were going to change your vote. I
1: was supposed to change my vote at the end just to fuck things up, but no. (laughs) God damn it, Mike. As you can see, this little experiment of ours ran kind of short. Now, when people download an episode, they're used to seeing two-hour-long or three-hour-long episodes. Uh, So just to kind of fool you a little bit and uh, pad out the ending of this, make it look a lot longer than it is uh, in the iTunes download or wherever you download it from, uh, we decided to go ahead and just take the entire... Uh, Skype call and run that as we have in the past. So uh, what you're about to hear is everything. There's very little here you haven't heard. We really didn't cut much out of this episode. Uh, But uh, to make it look a little longer and to uh, give you another one of those little peeks behind the curtain, uh, here is the entire Skype call beginning to end to try and make this look like a two-hour-long episode.
4: (laughs)
7: Nice, Hello.
0: Hi Mr. Ortiz uh, I like that you send A message saying you're going to be 5 minutes late 10 minutes ago Which makes you 15 minutes late Kind of brilliant My pleasure <laughs> But anyway Actually
7: uh, I'm 17 minutes early in Stone is on so He's
1: fine.
7: Ortiz
0: has stopped are you recording right
1: oh. I am recording right now.
0: I mean, for the day, like I, I'm sure uh, he was high yesterday, and I'm sure he'll be high tomorrow. But I don't think he's high yet today. No, not yet. B. Oh. Yeah. Or
1: Ortiz is becoming
0: a responsible uh, abuser of illegal substances. Well,
1: yeah. I probably will start in just a minute because this is going to be a strange episode.
0: It's not gonna uh, be that strange. It's gonna be over in like five minutes. Yeah. <laughs>
1: that's what's that's what's strange about it.
0: Remember, one word answers. We are going to
1: take a break in the middle. I can't it's uh, be awesome. uh hold on. A I gotta I gotta grab my script.
0: You've gotta grab your script? Uh, well, for all the sure. other stuff we gotta so, say. Well, yeah, I was gonna say we got scripts. What?
5: You got one word to remember.
0: Well no, we actually have the intro and the exit and all that good stuff. Oh uh, There are actually two scripts And normally we have a shit ton of time To find one or the other Like if you got the beginnings Of the script You have like two hours to find the end But this time It's going to be super super fast Come on Michael (laughs) Jesus Yeah Yeah, Chris is going to be first.
2: Oh, dude, I'm crying.
0: And then me, and then we'll take a break, <laughs> and then, uh, up, and we'll, then we'll go uh, Michael, and then Gill, and then uh, Mike. Oh, <laughs> well, I
7: was just wondering—is like a list of questions,
0: and you just. No, we're literally uh, just it, just the one thing, and then we'll have a, a short discussion. I'm so confused. I know, it'll make sense in 20 seconds Because basically what okay. we're doing Is recording the absolute shortest episode There's ever going to seek fight, Ending the episode Being done with it And then recording Basically the after conversation blooper Which actually ends up being much longer Than the actual episode Well Considering we've beaten uh, Star Trek versus Star Wars To death We're doing it in, in the right. best way possible what, 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 you're, you're ready?
1: Yes, indeed. You're, you're ready. How, how do I sound? Uh, you sound okay. How do I sound? Like an asshole. I always sound like an asshole, but what was that Mike? Uh, you're okay. How do I sound? Uh, a little muffled, but that's fine. Yeah, I'm using a different microphone. The, uh, good mics are still in my car.
0: Oh, you're lazy. All okay. right. Raw. Ah. It's all right. Here we go. Ah. Welcome to Geek Fights, the Ponzi Scheme of Podcasting. I'm Damon Shaw. With me, as always, is Mr. Mike Ortiz. Mike, what are we fighting about tonight?
1: Well, uh, we've done this before. We will do it again. Uh, It is probably one of the the most important topics in all geek debate. Uh, We are back to Star Wars versus Star Trek or Star Trek versus Star Wars. I'm not sure which one this is. So, uh, Damon, who have we got helping us beat this dead horse or Bantha or Wookie, or Mugatu or whatever the hell it is?
0: Well, uh, we've got Mr. Dave Gill. Hello. Uh, Mr. Chris Wood. Hola. Como está? I was dead. And Mr. Michael Felcher.
5: Oh, Yeah. yeah.
1: So, uh, how do the fights work, Mike? Well, uh, in this, we're going to have a Star Wars thing versus a Star Trek thing. Uh, we all put it to a vote. Uh, we uh, we use our geek logic, whatever rationales we want. Uh, and we do this until we find a winner.
0: All right, then. Let's uh, start the fight. Um We're going to you, Mr. Wood. Star Trek or Star Wars?
2: Trek. Right, um, one more answers. Right,
0: yeah. Track. Right. Track. I'm going worse, and we'll be back right after this short break. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that was, that,
7: that was great. That, I wish all episodes were like this. <laughs> all right. right. So so that was the break. Uh. <laughs> all right. So
0: we're gonna come back and do Geek cred, right? We're so coming back and doing Geek cred. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> all right, all right, all right. And we're back doing what we do every single goddamn week of the goddamn, goddamn year. Goddamn it. Wow, I haven't sworn yet in this episode. I'm coming at you with Jarrett Formby, trademark geek cred. Um, we're going to go to you, Mr. Gill. What is your geek cred?
7: I have absolutely no geek cred whatsoever, excepting that I know you guys and I am sucked into the vacuous emptiness of dumb that has become pop culture
0: Thank you very much Uh, Mr. Chris Wood What is your geek cred, sir?
2: Um, I run two websites On the interwebs uh, One called Subspace Communicate one called By that Robot. Uh, they're both very Trek-centric And I kind of look like a young Peter Mayhew
0: <laughs> Not kind of <laughs> you. Extremely, like if you were Like four inches taller, you would be Peter Mayhew And, uh Mr. Felsher, what is your geek red?
5: I think you a teaspoon of salt or not. It really depends on how you're feeling. All right,
0: let's uh, jump back into the fight. Um, well, Mr. Felsher, what's your pick? Track. Mr. Gill. Wars. Oh, it's all tied up. It comes down to you, Mr. Ortiz.
1: Which one takes the win? Ooh, this is tough. Um, wars. And that's it. Star Wars is the winner of Star Trek
0: versus Star Wars. Uh, As always, we're normally wrong. We're always wrong. Thanks for listening. Uh, Does anybody have anything they'd like to plug? Uh, Chris Wood.
2: Uh, I go to subspacecommunicate.com to uh, read about Star Trek stuff. And go to buybyrobot.com to buy Star Trek stuff.
0: All right. Mr. Gill. (laughs) Uh, Mr. Felsher. Uh, yeah, I had a whole thing for Del Taco, but this this episode wore me out. I'm too tired to do it. <laughs> uh, all right. All right. I, I can see that. Uh, check out our friends, DVDgeeks.tv, Space Communication, their awesome podcast, Life After Trek, and their awesome website, Bye Bye Robot, and the Rockford Files files that still exist. Uh, a drunken, rambling, making a website of just Rockford Files things. Uh, also, uh, check out Inappropriate Conversations. Greg Blanchard over there is pretty awesome of uh, the soulless minions of orthodoxy commentary track stars and john champion and ken ray with the mission log of uh, roddenberry podcast special thanks goes to karen for being our web presence check out what she's doing on the geek fights tumblr chris mitchell who created a geek fights wikia and christy woke who helped flesh it out uh you can play on there too just ask any one of them christy or uh chris and they'll they'll actually put an entry on there for you uh and who could forget the amazing Jarrett Formby and the intro for this one that was was ridiculous. I love it.
7: So, uh, it, was really, it was really
0: good. You can check him out at www.hastartrek.net.
1: Uh, Mike? You can find me every week on the Week in Geek video show on YouTube where we preview new comics. Uh, by the time you hear this, I think we'll be hitting our 100th episode. Uh, you can find us at geekfights.net where we have lists of show ideas, The brackets we mentioned earlier, or didn't mention earlier, our past episodes, links to our wiki, our Facebook page, and our Tumblr. Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes and Xbox Music, and like us on Facebook. If you'd like to be on the panel, just contact us at geekfights at gmail.com, or on Facebook or Twitter. Just look for Geek Fights, or follow the links on our website. That's all it takes to join the Legion of Geeks! Oh,
0: let's see. Next week's episode is best Law & Order character. And after that, it's for for Valentine's Day. You know, last year we did uh, Best uh, Comedy, uh, Best uh, Romantic Comedy, and this year it's an all-guy panel, and it's going to be Best 80s Action Film. Any and all ideas are welcome. Uh, Thanks again for listening.
1: Until next time. Keep fighting the geek fight. Good night. Oh that that was that was the episode proper.
5: <laughs> <laughs> the, whole, the whole last part of that was fifteen times longer. I know. Than the actual know the intro, the break, the oh yeah, I'm the, playing, the, the playing a full episode. break. Oh, oh, you have to, you
0: have to play a full break. Matter of fact. Get, I, I, get on the horn and be like, hey, Alan, you should totally do something about how you're not on this episode. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
1: That's and a good it will idea. be
0: longer than the proper of the episode.
1: What the <laughs> fuck? How am I not on another one?
0: Yeah. Like, yep. Yeah, there we go. That's, that was it. What's <laughs> funny is, I, uh, you guys didn't notice, and Mike didn't even notice. Mr. Gill is on the first Star Trek versus Star Wars. Uh, mm-hmm. Mr. Wood is on the second, and Michael is on the third.
1: So, Ooh, this is a the Star Trek panel. versus Star Wars reunion.
0: Yeah. Or Union, because they've really never been on together ever before that. Except for maybe Chris and uh, Michael. But uh, this is the uh, discussion part real quick. Mike, did you prepare anything? Uh, Not really.
1: God damn it. I mean, we have the general things that we discussed. but uh, I know, but you're really good at that. The idea was... Uh, I mean, I don't want to tell people how to answer it, but this was kind of no. the structure we were thinking, or at least the things to, to talk about, was number one the like which one just is your personal preference, which you like more, uh, what you think has had the bigger impact on you, and which one has had the bigger impact just in general. So those are kind of the three different ways that uh, that we wanted to kind of look at it. Um, although if anybody else has other ideas at this point let's let's throw it out there i mean this is really our first kind of discussion discussion episode
4: yeah
0: you guys are 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 great great enough to be on here because you know you guys talk really nicely about things except for michael who just is dinosaur (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
4: that's
0: all but uh yeah you know uh, I'll, i'll go first because it's really hard to do this but uh Definitely Star Wars. Star Wars had the biggest influence on me because it's what pulled me into science fiction. Without Star Wars, I'm I'm probably a jock, like and, and not an actual physical jock. I I, I mean, <laughs> but although I could have been. I I, I mean, I mean a, a you know the guy who watches sports because my dad is a sports guy who happened to like comic books when he was a kid. But that was about it like and that's probably one of the the road I would have gone down without Star Wars is you know somebody who liked comic books when I was a kid but I grew up and started paying attention to the same thing, which is sports but uh, I think the the impact uh, peer, you know more bigger on me was Star Wars but which one had the bigger impact I think they they they're both tied together throughout time until the end of time I think without one the other one doesn't have as big an impact so, so, by that virtue, because Star Star Trek comes before Star Wars, I think Star Wars has Star Trek has a bigger impact.
1: But uh, Mr. Ortiz, anything? Well, I um, I mean, first I I love Star Trek. Um, in terms of, of preference, which one do I really like more? I like Star Trek a lot more. I've watched Star Trek uh, more recently. Uh, I own more Star Trek stuff. Um. You know, if I if after this show I was going to watch something, well, I, I can guarantee you I will watch something Star Trek in the next twenty four hours, or listen to something Star Trek in the next twenty four hours, and I won't with Star Wars. I mean, Star Wars is not is not a, a, an everyday sort of thing, but I I think its impact is much much bigger, um, and and I think that that impact is is bigger on me because uh, I saw Star Trek when I was a kid. Um, you know, when it was in syndication in in the seventies and I'd kind of read comic books, you know, here and there and seen science fiction movies, but I, I wasn't a geek by any means, but it was star star Wars that just pretty much changed it after star Wars. That's when I start collecting things. That's when I start, um, and not just like buying toys and playing with them, breaking, I mean like building collections of things. I wanted to get all of those blue star Wars cards, all of the action figures um, that's really what turned me into uh, a geek. So just for me, I Star Trek was there, but it would not have. I would not have really loved Star Trek if I hadn't become a geek because of Star Wars. And I think its impact is bigger just on on the world in general. I mean, it really cha- created the summer blockbuster, and uh, I think uh, I think the to outside of the geek community, to the general public at large, they're much more aware of Star Wars and what it is and, and enjoyed it more. I mean, that's star Wars, star Wars was the highest grossing movie of all time for a very long time. And all of the star Wars movies are at the very, very top of the list. And how, and up until, I don't, I don't think a star Trek movie was ever even the highest grossing movie of a year. So clearly star Wars has had a is much more connected to a wider audience. A lot more mainstream people collect or, or may, um, connect to it. Um, maybe not as many hardcore geeks. Most geeks I know seem to kind of lean more Star Trek, but you know, if you look at the big picture, I think it's Star Wars. Uh, Mr. Wood. For the biggest
2: impact on me, it's well, you know, honestly, for both of these, uh, questions, it would be Star Trek. Um, I started with Star Trek, even though I probably saw Star Wars first. Um, although I don't remember it, I was two when the first Star Wars came out. I'm pretty sure my folks took me to see all of them. I remember seeing Empire. I remember seeing Return of the Jedi. I unfortunately remember seeing the last three. Um, But for the biggest impact, I mean, dude, I run a Star Trek site. And I started it like on my own without ever thinking that I would make money at it. It was just literally a hobby. Um, So, yeah, the biggest impact for me is Star Trek. Now, as far as like a, a sociological impact, I would say Star Trek, and you know what, honestly, I gotta say, I'll probably say Star Wars when I mean Star Trek, and I'll probably say Star Trek when I mean Star Wars, so let's just put that out there, Um, but so far, I've done well, everything I've said on Star Trek. Um, Sociological, I mean, the 60s, Star Trek was a mirror uh, for society. They were able to, you know, we all know this, they were able to portray things that were going on in society, uh, the race issue. Uh, the communist issue, a bunch of other issues, uh, women's issues. Um, they were able to show it in a light where people could understand it, and if would take down that filter. People wouldn't automatically get offended, but then they would understand, oh, this is the message they're trying to trying to sell. Um, and I think that it had an, a positive impact on society. Now, going to the 70s, then you start seeing the fandom churn, you know, with the first conventions in 72. And then from then on, and then we didn't have another new Star Trek until 79 with the motion picture, which almost killed the franchise, unfortunately. Um, then you had Wrath of Khan that brought back, you know, not brought back, but made Star Trek something that actually made money and did well. Up until that point, Wrath of Khan, you know, nothing had really done great except for maybe Star Trek in, in syndication. Um, but, I mean, for a long-lasting impact, I mean, we've had, what? 47 years, almost 48. Is that right? 40-some years of Star Trek. Uh, And it keeps going and hasn't stopped yet and continues to make an impact. So technologically, I mean, you you look at the stuff in the 60s, communicators, pads, all that stuff. I mean, it's like they were seeing into the future or they've been influenced people that would create those products in the future. Um, So I think the biggest impact has got to be Star Trek.
7: Michael,
5: it's really hard to say because it, when my dad introduced me to Star Trek when I was very very young, and Star Wars when I was very very young, and it, it's hard to say because Star Trek had a weird, it's in a very strange evolution over time. And it started off mildly successful as a television show. It went away. We brought back the. We brought it an animated show. Which did okay, but didn't exactly set the world on fire. Fan conventions began to spring up. There was a huge groundswell of support for the show. Paramount was deciding on whether to launch this new network. They decided to do a Star Trek phase two. During that time, however, Star Wars broke in '77. Now, would Star Wars have been even greenlit at Fox? Have Star Trek not kind of opened the door for that type of science fiction? Who knows? It's, it's hard to say. But it's, I'm I'm willing to say that it was definitely a, a an influence and something that opened a door. But Star Wars exploded in a way that nothing Star Trek had ever done before. I mean, it was, it, it transformed an entire industry. As a result of that, Star Trek Phase Two, when the old second, then the old new Paramount Network thing fell apart, that became Star Trek the motion picture. There's no way that would have happened had Star Wars not happened. And actually, Star Trek The Motion Picture, although not a critical favorite, and certainly not a film that was beloved by a huge amount of people, it was actually the most profitable uh, Star, Star Trek movie until Star Trek IV came along. It was actually a, a significant box office success. It's just that the perception of it was that it was a disappointment creatively, and it, just, it didn't really win anybody over. And then, of course, Star Trek II came along, and it really rejuvenated the, the fan of the critical support and... It, you know, and then the series kept going. Every few years, there was a uh, was a Star Trek film, and that led to Next Generation, and then it just built upon itself. It just became this machine, which just kept. And then it, his infiltration of both franchises have infiltrated the the public consciousness, and in so many ways, it's almost impossible to count. As a kid, though, I would say Star Wars had a bigger impact on me because I was such a rabid collector of all the figures and everything, and I was just so into those, into the universes that uh, that were being created in those movies. But then Star Wars effectively went dead in 83. And even by then, I wasn't so much a toy guy anymore, and so it was more about the movie and you know, it was over in 83, and that was it. And then there wasn't another one for another 16 years. And during that time, I became much more interested in Star Trek, It's a much deeper show, it was, you know, the much deeper themes. It, 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 Star Trek, our Star Wars is relatively simplistic in terms of its story and its characters and its themes compared to what Star Trek has, you know, done. Of course, it has, you know, Star Trek had multiple series and movies to, to explore all that with, but just inherently, I think the concept is much richer. And I think Star Trek Ended up being much more influential on me and much more close to me as an adult, or, you know, later in the teenage years and in my twenties and thirties, and now coming up on my forties. That uh, I think that Star Trek definitely means more to me. Uh, the prequels for Star Wars didn't help because there really wasn't anything for there for me as an adult really to grab onto those. But films were made for kids, and I, which is strange because I, you know, I just I couldn't really. I couldn't get into what was being... I don't know. I just the, the, star, At some point, Star Wars stopped being something that was really all that interesting for me. I'm looking forward to what a non-Lucas Star Wars mm-hmm. is going to be like. And But in terms of global influence, I think it's almost impossible to tell. But so I have to kind of side with Star Trek because I think it's the franchise that has evolved more successfully. And I think it's the one that it still has more challenging ideas and filmmaking and stories behind it than Star Wars does. But, you know, we're going to find out in a few years whether Star Wars can successfully, re, you know, reboot itself and, uh, and you know, rise to the challenge again. So it's interesting to see how these things kind of dovetail in and out of each other over the years.
2: Hey, it's funny, you know, I just looked that up. Um, that just blew my mind that uh, the motion picture actually did more in the box office than the Rathicon
5: yeah, it did.
2: That, it did. That's
5: crazy, man. Yeah, it's it's interesting. So the perception over the years
1: of that movie was a dub, and it was just because no one really liked it. Yeah. Uh, it, just, it was it, a it was uh, it was a very it was a huge deal at the time. I mean, it was there was a oh, tremendous was amount of excitement about that movie, and so a lot of people saw oh, it. A lot of people big. wanted to see it. Um, it's just you know they walked out going that wasn't as good as Star Wars, and that's exactly yeah. the comparison no, it, that was it, being made. <laughs>
5: No, and the visual effects at the time were outstanding, and it was a great, grand, epic thing. I mean, looking back at it now, there's a lot to enjoy about the movie, but it wasn't the Star Trek everyone had come to love at that point. It was a much different beast. And it was weird. It was almost like they were trying to do the grand scale of Star Wars, but throwing a little 2001 in there, it was like, you know, it was, it was they swung for the fences with it, but unfortunately, it wasn't really a home run. It was just a slight foul ball that killed a couple people in the stands. Um, and it was just like, you know, I, I, I gotta give him credit, but it was interesting how they immediately decided, well, there's still profit in this thing. Okay, we got to take it back to what people really love or this thing's never going to go any further. And, yeah. and it was like half the capital wasn't going to come back either because me boy with that point was already like, uh, no, screw this. So, you know, it was interesting to see how Star Trek has responded to its own mistakes
7: over the years, where Star Wars really hasn't done
0: that. Well, they also really haven't made mistakes. But, uh, Mr. (laughs) (laughs) Gill,
7: Oh, come on. They've made plenty
5: of mistakes. Um, Financial financial mistakes, no. No,
0: no, not at all. And, And I'd have to say not creative either, because when you look at it, there's a whole new generation of Star Wars fans who are, who are as rabid or more rabid about Star Wars uh, that wouldn't exist without the prequel? Those prequels are extremely successful. It, they just don't work for us.
5: That, that's, yeah, yeah. I'm not, no, and those kids, those kids are all retarded, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Mr. Gill. Yeah,
1: but the entire future <laughs> depends on them, so. Yeah. The entire future.
7: Yeah. Oh, we're dead. We're dead. We're dead. Well the but the prequels did bring a They did they did bring, you know, a younger audience in which Star Trek really doesn't have the ability to do up until the J.J. Abrams one because they it is my thing, the difference between Star Trek and Star Wars, they're they're both very influential in my life. Star Wars is the one I enjoy. Uh, and Star Trek is the one that like my father enjoyed. There's more science than fiction in Star Trek and more fiction than science in Star Wars. But Star Trek, like the issue for me was it was kind of boring. Like the classic series was fun because Kirk was always, you know, fighting people and getting the girl and stuff like that. And those are the ones that were playing the reruns when I was a kid that my dad would let me watch. But, but the, it was the, um, you know, just, just the excitement, just the, the visual excitement and the music of Star Wars and spaceships flying around and shooting lasers in outer space and all that ridiculous and the carnival of it all that's what made it that's why it was as successful to have toy lines and coloring books and stuff like that that's what always just struck me as a little more boring i always had respect for it but i never really enjoyed it the next generation came out and voyager and deep space nine and enterprise and you know they did they did keep plugging away they did keep telling good stories um i'm not gonna like mike's gonna watch star trek in the next 24 hours i'm probably not gonna watch star trek in the next year No interest. I'm probably also not going to re-watch Star Wars movies in the next year, but, you know, I would much rather watch, you know, Empire for the 150th time than watch any episode of The Next Generation just because, you know, they were, and I'm I'm not an intelligent audience member. I don't know. I just want to have fun. I just want to be entertained, which is why, you know, the J.J. Abrams one that came out. I've blown away. I never thought I would be so moved or so excited or laugh so hard at a Star Trek thing and all he did was take the, the core parts of these great characters and make it really more exciting. And I think that's that's a really good thing. So hopefully this this you know, Star Trek Into Darkness. These bring in new audience members. They definitely have. I mean, I know people that saw that movie that have never seen an episode of Star Trek or, or seen Star Wars. So they did go check out that first movie and they loved it. And uh, part of that is the level of popularity that science fiction and superhero movies and all these geek things that we enjoy and have been fighting about and fighting for for if I like most of our lives. Um, you know they're, they're they're out there now, so all the stories are going to get better. And uh, but Star Wars to me, I had all these toys. I still have the Darth Vader case with like 30 of my original figures in there, and some things I've passed on to my son. And but I never bought well, like a phaser. I didn't even have the cool Mego Star Trek guys, which I did think were pretty cool back in the day. Um, yeah, so for me, like, like Dana said, it was definitely a huge influence in my I think, in developing the, the urge to collect, to, you know, do what we do. Um, you know, Star Wars was huge in that. Like, because I bought all those action figures, and I collected G.I. Joe, and then I collected this, and then, you know, the Expanded Universe came out. Maybe you bought the books. Maybe you bought the comic books. And uh, just keep going like that. And now I have a wonderfully exciting collection of graphic novels. And I think that the reason I have developed this addiction is because of the excitement and the availability of Star Wars product, And to be re-stimulated time and again my imagination uh, by these films and by these characters. I mean did you ever play on the playground? Did you ever play Star Trek? You might have. I certainly didn't. When we played in my school, it was like, you'd fight over who gets to be Han Solo. And everybody wanted to have lightsaber battles. Nobody wanted to, uh, to play Star Trek characters when they're a kid. So, maybe it's just the way it was designed. You know, obviously Lucas immediately learned how to, uh, Manipulate the child audience.
0: Mine children, Mind children. You can you can say it because that's what he's been. To my, to my
7: children, yeah, yeah. And that's you know, to take different people tell different. 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 different types of
1: stories. The other way to say that is he he did things that brought ch- children lots of happiness. <laughs> Those toys yeah, made it's me it's happy, goddamn They were the love I didn't yeah, get absolutely. from my parents. Yeah, yeah like, Star
2: Wars definitely has the better
5: toys. That's for sure.
2: I mean, you look at like the the stuff now with Diamond Select and quantum mechanics and whatever. But as a kid, dude, I couldn't find a
1: Star Trek toy that was worth the crap. So yeah, <laughs> but
0: yeah.
1: I do yeah, find like it interesting that there's there's Star Wars toys, a dedicated aisle to Star Wars toys, constantly and yeah, there's yeah. there's not even Star Trek toys yet for an upcoming movie i mean star- Star Trek hits the shelves in in toy stores and Myers and Walmart's uh in a you know a movie cycle format but uh Star Wars there's just always a dedicated section there
7: uh
0: there's been a dedicated section for Star Wars since uh it, what was it? it was that ninety five, ninety six, when they did the the new line of Star Wars toys? When they yeah, I
1: think so. When yep. they
0: remolded them and and put them uh, put out new molds and and changed yeah. them. Wasn't that like around that the time started. of
1: the uh, or was that before the uh, special editions? It was before the special editions. Yeah, right <laughs> it was before. Yeah,
7: yeah. It was like you, I mean, were making you. I They were making your toys, and then they just came in and just kept making them better sculpts, and and they had a little gold coins, or they had whatever yeah silly thing to get you to keep buying them. Then they had the special editions, and they had the prequels, and they had the Clone Wars, Yeah, they've just never
4: stopped. But, uh, no. course, you're right. I
7: was just going to say, I picked up my, my uh, Sulu action figure from the uh, the J.J. Abrams one for like $2, like at a toy dress, because all the Star Trek toys from the movies from a couple from 2010 are like, you know, bargains now, because nobody bought them, the toy lines are terrible. Yeah, well...
4: But,
0: oh, bark, bar, What? <laughs> <laughs> what? He said, Oh, buck, 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 I think.
5: No, no, I went barred bark. I wouldn't say that's like the last five minutes isn't
7: an easy Oh, bar, bark,
0: <laughs> Okay. But yeah, uh, I, I and and it is it is one of those things where I, I do truly believe that the evolution of geek culture that happened in the nineteen seventies, which I I would personally say is spearheaded by uh Star Trek, but, uh, you know, I wasn't really uh, I was alive in the 70s, but I wasn't alive in the 70s, but, you know, the, the first fan conventions and all that stuff started happening in, in the 70s and it just led to a perfect platform for weird geeks to find things and then Star Wars comes and then you go, okay, well, you just mix these two things together and they go great together and you've got, you know, a good 10-year period of that happening and then comics take off and then Star Trek comes back
4: Oh, I love. Yeah,
7: it. it's all because it's, all, it's just a machine that feeds itself. You know, like it's this because this happened and because this happened, and we got all these other great things. And I, you know, it's a preferential thing because really, I don't know that I could say that one is better than the other because one without the other, everything that we enjoy wouldn't be right. The things that we enjoy today.
0: So that, that that is that is the thing that I that I truly love about the the two of them because one without the other, I don't know, is as strong as both. Uh, having an appreciation and an enjoyment of both of them. Cause whenever I run into somebody who goes, I only like star Trek, fuck star Wars. I'd never watch that bullshit or vice versa. I go, why are you denying yourself? Because it's not like they are the uh, exact same things. Like Dave was saying, they, it, star Wars is, <laughs> star Wars is more fiction than science and star Trek is more science than fiction. And, and when you mix the two of them together, you've got, like, a nice peanut butter cup, and
7: it's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, I and mean, if you have one or the other, it's like, like the Beatles of the Rolling Stones? Like, why in the world wouldn't you like them both? You know?
4: Exactly. You know,
7: <laughs> you know what's interesting? They've never had
4: a
5: cross... Uh, one exception that I can think of, there's never been any kind of crossover between the two. There's never been, like, an actor's appearing or anything like that. There's never been... There's only one time I can think of Where there was sort of an official sort of combining of Star Trek and Star Wars, and it was in a very strange way when William Shatner appeared at George Lucas's AFI. (laughs) That was awesome. Which was awesome, and and it was the weird thing. Everyone at first was like, "What the hell is he doing here?" And the whole gag was that he was at the wrong tribute, and so it was just. I thought it was interesting that these things have never really—they've always coexisted but they've never interwoven with each other at any point. They've always been very separate.
1: Marvel and DC have done it. Doctor Who and Star Trek have done it, but never Star Trek and Star Wars.
5: No. My dream is, my, honestly, my dream is that the Enterprise is flying along one day and they crash right into one of the title roles from one of the Star Wars movies. And they're like, what the fuck is this <laughs> thing floating around out here? <laughs>
1: well, you do realize that at this point there is... The possibility of there not being a, a Marvel Comics Star Wars crossover of some sort is zero. I mean, mm-hmm. come on, Darth Vader and uh, Iron Man. <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be Actually, awesome. I heard but someone saying, hey, they could tie it in with the Guardians of the Galaxy movie.
0: They could? Yeah, they're out. I mean, why not? I mean, if you're going to have a fucking raccoon out there,
7: why not? Well, because it happened a long, long
1: time ago. There's not I, time I travel in comic book movies? And
5: Star Wars? But, but, and Star Trek, yeah. but, Star Trek? Yeah, they never do time, they never do time travel on Star Trek, so that's never going to work.
0: Except
4: for, <laughs> what, three out of the
5: 11
0: movies have time travel in them? <laughs>
5: I'm just saying, they, only, they never do it except for all the time.
0: Yeah. I, I, and it is weird, but I think I think the reason they don't cross over is because Star Wars happened a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And that would fry too many geek brains if they actually crossed over. Because that But would even just that. kind
1: of an informal, like a, a not not Luke will meet Kirk, but you know you never see the an intermingling of the actors really.
5: Yeah. Or or That's there's true. the other there's the other there's the other reason. Lucas is looking at it like I'm making billions of dollars. Why do I need to bring in the million dollar franchise <laughs> into my <laughs> franchise? get your chocolate out of my peanut butter. I mean, basically, he's, he's, he's kind of like, I'm making millions of dollars without Star Trek. I don't need their couple million. Fuck them.
0: You know? It could be that. But we'll fight... But Disney, now that Disney yeah, they has control care. of it, they're like, oh, we'll take your couple million. We don't care.
5: Oh, yeah.
0: They don't care. Yeah. So it'll be it is going to be interesting Yeah, well, Disney would be like,
1: now how many right. toy lines will we get out of this? <laughs>
0: yeah. Wow. You know, it... it, it if Just imagine
1: a Mister Spock toy in the Star in the Star Wars line.
0: You know what? You know what? Oh, that would be cool. But you know, you know what's going to end up happening if they ever get an animated series off the ground for Star Trek? That's yeah. where the crossover. That's that's where it would or could happen with new geeks, because old geeks are too set in their way. But new geeks would be like, "Oh, that was the coolest thing ever." Because yeah. Star Trek, I could hear I could hear the argument why Star Trek can't crossover. They're in a different galaxy. Uh, Nobody in Star Trek has been outside of our own particular galaxy ever. Ever. There's the Alpha Quadrant. They could be taken there by a Q.
1: What? They could be taken there by a Q.
0: I don't know about that. (laughs) I I, I just don't think that would be possible because how far away is this galaxy? And it was a long time ago. And then, you know. It's ideological. Very (laughs) ideological. And, and, And then the same thing would be, well... Fuck! For hardcore Star Wars fans, most of them they are just fuck Star Trek. (laughs) Like that's yeah, that's the line. We don't need need them. We don't need them, Uh, dude.
2: So okay, I recently watched, and and I really like Star Wars. I love Star Trek, but I really like Star Wars, right? But I recently watched Empire Strikes Back, which is my favorite of the original three trilogy and then i watched revenge of the jedi or revenge of the sith or whatever the crap it's called which i like too i thought it was the best out of the later three right but the thing is i watched empire and then i watched revenge of the sith holy crap revenge of the sith sucked. yeah like coming off of empire into that i was like this is just freaking terrible that's why you have to watch it it immediately
1: after attack of the Clones.
2: dude it totally (laughs) switched
1: I, I and I really
2: liked Revenge of the Sith, really, really liked it. But watching it after Empire, I was just like, "This is this pale in comparison."
0: Well, that's because when you were watching Empire, you were watching Empire as eleven, no, no, seven, seven-year-old dude. You.
2: It was even just the dialogue. Yeah, it was terrible. I mean, the the di- looking back at like I can rewatch something, and of course, there's going to be that filter of oh, I liked this as a kid. But there's been so many times that I've rewatched something that I liked as a kid and just
0: thought, wow, this is bad. You like, Night Rider. You, you, should, <laughs> you should watch uh, Star Wars and then uh, Revenge of the Sith. Because Star Wars is the only one that's di- directed and written by him, correct?
4: Yeah. Because the sure other two... The original colors, yeah. Yeah, because the yeah, other
7: well, two... Yeah, he has in the scripts for the other ones.
0: Yeah, you know he—that's not all his hokey fucking dialogue. <laughs> well, well, I don't
7: think it's well, the, things, like, the prequel is a huge political story. I mean, that's, that's you know, the other problem with it. The, the first things are all about your little seven-person character, you know. Yeah. You got Han and Leia and Luke and Chewie and the and all you want, you know. But this other one was just huge, is this huge intergalactic senate and you know armies that we can't even fathom the size of, and the politics of planets and you know that. As a political well, story,
2: it was actually pretty cool. But he as a movie, it was kind of like, rant. He wrote all of them, right? That's
7: that's the thing. He wrote all of
0: them, right? He yeah. plotted uh, two and three. Two and three, yeah. But he didn't... He didn't really... Or... I mean, he didn't write the scripts for
1: them. No, he didn't he write at the, the dialogue. He didn't entirely other... really write the script for one either, though. If you if you yeah, read okay. the... he uh, There was a lot of rewriting. There was a lot of uh, work done by... Uh, other people, because he uh, he never felt he quite nailed it.
2: I think the problem I, I is is to... you, you have you have good actors and actresses within the the prequels, and you have hokey dialogue in all of them, all six movies. I think the the issue for me, and maybe this is just my opinion, I don't know, but I think it's his direct It all seems so wooden. I mean, even Ewan McGregor, which I loved as Obi Wan Kenobi, seemed so wooden. And I think maybe that falls back to the director.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I would actually go farther to say that how many people have been nominated for Academy Awards that that were and, and won Academy Awards that were fucking horrible in the the, the prequel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, that is not the fault of those actors. That is more more his direction bark. than, than bark, anything. Bark bark bark, 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 bark. <laughs> But uh, does anybody have anything else they want to say, really want to, have to say about these two franchises? Well uh
1: one of the I said all I can. one of the interesting things I think with uh with the movies though uh the, the negative a lot of the negative reaction to Star Trek the Motion Picture was from the more sci fi aspect. And I think uh it's it's Grace and he keeps talking. I don't know that Gil,
4: Gil
1: can hear that we can hear him. Oh, <laughs> okay. Um, but uh, Star Trek, the motion picture, <laughs> how does he vote? Uh, Star Trek, the motion picture is much, uh, was, I, I think it certainly appears to be a deliberate attempt to be very different from being Star Wars. Um. You know, I think they, they really did not want to come off as, as being a star Wars ripoff, especially because they had been working on this as a TV show. uh, And they just sort of repurposed a lot of it. Um, And, and I think the kind of going the more cerebral route was their way to sort of showcase how star star Trek uh, was very different from star Wars. And ultimately it doesn't really uh, click with a lot of people. Um, And then prior to the new star Trek movie, you do hear uh, JJ Abrams saying things like, uh you know he's going you know he was a star wars fan and he's going to bring a little bit of that to the star uh, trek franchise that sort of big scale movie making and uh and ultimately it becomes the, mo- the most successful so you know i think it's uh, among geeks i think star trek is much bigger more popular um because it is smarter and in a lot of ways uh it is bigger i mean we there's an expanded star wars universe it is pretty huge and certainly big with, with a, with a lot of Star Wars fans and a lot of younger fans. But I have very little, you know, contact with it. I know there are books. I haven't read them. I know there are comics. I've read a couple of them. I know there are uh, a, a Clone Wars TV show. I haven't watched any of it. But with Star Trek, um, it's more than just the movies, of which there are still more than the Star Wars movies. But there's you know a ridiculous number of episodes of television. Uh, that have expanded that universe in a way that I have been able to watch and connect to. And I think a lot of geeks have. And I think that's why it's much uh, it's it's much more popular within kind of a geek community. But I think when you get outside of that, uh, especially among children, uh, there's a much wider awareness of Star Wars than of Star Trek. But then, like, you know, we have a Star Wars font in our logo, or a Star Trek font in our logo. We have done endless numbers of star trek related episodes and we struggle to find star wars episode you know topics that we can do so it's really kind of amazing how to me and that's why i think i like star trek more it is much more embedded in kind of the geek world um and i think that's why it we we sometimes uh you know maybe a, I mean god knows we've, we've been accused of being a star trek oriented show for a long time instead of star wars uh even though both damon and i have talked about our love for Star Wars. But uh, just in terms of, like I said, t- what what I'll do today, there were more, we had our, our geek Christmas ex- exchange and there's uh, a ton of Star Trek gifts. Uh, and there always are. It's just kind of bigger with us. But uh, I guess, well, is that the difference between the, is that, is that kind of another mainstream uh, versus no, geek it, sort of thing? It, it, it's, Star Trek is itic. In, in,
0: infinite diversity and infinite combinations there are several things that we can now after Voyager, deep space nine and enterprise that we consider star Trek where star Wars is lightsabers fighting in space and you know, a few action scenes like star Wars is very set in stone. What it is, if it's not in the, if there are not lightsabers if there aren't squash bucklers, it's not star Wars where star Trek, because of the things that come after next generation and a little bit of next generation, it, it, it morphed itself into Star Trek just has to be in the future. Like, that's it. That's all, that's all it really takes now. Uh, so when, when they talked about doing it, a Starfleet Command, or not, wait, no, Starfleet Academy movie, everybody was upset about it, but at the end of the day, it was one of those things where it was like, I can see that. You can do that with that. With, with Star Trek, you, you have the ability to do almost anything that you want, where Star, Star Wars is, is much more singular there, there's only a few things that you can do with it and it's still star wars uh, you know if the jedis aren't wearing robes and and using lightsabers and if the sith aren't evil looking then it then it then it then it starts to lose a little bit of what i think is star wars if there aren't droids around like there, there there's only a few things that and i think with episode seven and the one that zach isn't Zack snyder doing one that isn't episode seven like, if, the, if those things come out and do something that is kind of Star Wars, it, it, it starts to expand that universe and make it grow into the thing that Star Trek is. For us, at least. Blarn.
2: Dude, there was one crossover between Star Trek and Star Wars. Uh, Han Solo's fifth cousin, uh, Thaddeus Okuna, or Okana, showed up in uh, a TNG episode. What? Don't you remember the outrageous O'Connor? That dude, uh, was it William Can Campbell played him. Okay. He looked he looked just like Han Solo if Han Solo
1: had gone to the pirate shop. Yes, yeah. yes. I do remember that. It was Han Solo with Harry Mud's shirt. Yeah. Exactly, dude. That's totally it. But
0: uh yeah, I guess I guess
1: we're done. No, I, I so. actually have one more question for everybody. Oh. This will be our closing okay. question. Um Okay, putting aside the franchises, their their impact, everything like that. Uh, and, and also putting aside the TV show, just looking at the movies, uh, which do you think, uh, like what, out of all of them, which is the best movie, the best t- two or three movies, what is the worst?
0: Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Michael. You sound like you really want to say something.
5: Um, well, from Star Wars, I think you have to pretty much limit it to the first three. Um, I would say just four sheer fun, the first movie still holds up pretty well, and there's parts of Return of the Jedi I think are brilliant. Empire Strikes Back is a masterpiece, though, Um, so I would say Empire definitely represents the best of those. From Star Trek, it's funny, there's a lot, and it's interesting. Uh, With Star Trek, it depends on my mood, really, which one. I mean, Star Trek 2 always will be a a top contender, but then there's Star Trek 4, which I love, Star Trek 6, I love the J.J. Abrams version, so I think there's more to draw from in terms of quality films, certainly much more interesting films uh, in the Star Trek universe than there are in uh, Star Wars because I consider the prequels to be pretty much, by and large, a wash, and I didn't see the Clone Wars movie. And um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, I, for me, uh, Star Trek has the edge there, but, you know, Empire Strikes Back is uh, still Empire Strikes Back, so.
4: Alright, um...
0: Let's see. Out of all of them mixed together, what is the best? And what probably leaves the most lasting impression? Uh, For me, it, it's gotta be Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi basically sets Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, R2-D2, C-3PO, Chewbacca, all of them. It sets all of those characters in stone until the end of time. Uh, it's the end of the story. Uh, it's also... The last Star Wars you get as a kid, for most of us, because uh, there isn't another Star Wars for another 16 years. That's, that's a whole generation of children that went without new Star Wars. And it set those characters in stone. Like, you can't change Han Solo or Luke or Leia or any of those characters now because they're set in stone. Like, they, they cannot be changed. Well, they can't, but, but they, they can't be changed. Uh, and so I, I think it's Return of the Jedi. Uh, that, that actually has the largest impact on me, and right, well, probably the best.
4: And
7: uh, and, Dave. Well, like... <laughs> so, I think, well, yeah, obviously, I mean, everybody takes back in the piece and that would be my choice for a number of reasons. One, when the came out, I was like four, I saw I started getting the theaters when I was a little older. But that was Empire came out, and that was you know, that cognitive age when you actually understand what you're seeing on the screen for real and you, you remember it all. Uh, and that movie obviously heavily influenced me. I did like all the original trilogy. I did like parts of all the prequels, parts. Uh, although I think I prefer the uh, Lego video game version uh, than, than the actual movies. Uh, the Star Trek, Kong, Wrath of was always a good one. I did really like Nemesis. Uh, in the next generation movie, and then the DJ Aver one, like I said earlier, it just it, it blew my mind at how into Star Trek I all of a sudden felt. So, uh,
0: double CU would, <laughs> uh, dude, okay, well,
2: impact on me. I would imagine it's probably Star Trek the motion picture. Um, and the reason I say that is it's the first it's the first movie i remember seeing um and the the whole experience probably had the most impact because i was young i was like four almost five it came out in december of 79 and uh, we saw it uh, on a family trip in galveston texas uh, i remember seeing the poster outside it's just a very vivid memory now as far as like enjoyment factor probably Undiscovered Country is probably one of my favorites. I love Khan. Don't get me wrong. I absolutely adore Wrath of Khan, but Undiscovered Country has some pretty magical moments in it. And really, Star Trek V does too, even though I'm not a huge fan of that. Um, on the grand scheme of things, though, I think probably Empire is probably the the most beautiful movie out of the bunch. The most well-written movie out of the bunch. Um, but as far as like, actual like me thinking what would I watch it would be probably Star Trek Six or Star Trek
0: Two. Yeah. Anything else, Mike?
1: Uh, well, yeah, I'll I kind of uh, agree with the Empire being, uh, I think, the the best uh, made of all of the movies, uh, the tightest, uh, the most enjoyable. Um, I actually, my my most enjoyable Trek would be. Uh, the new J.J. Uh, Abrams Trek, uh, just in terms of a, of a movie-enjoying experience. Uh, I think Six is my actual favorite Star Trek movie. Um, but uh, it, it, Impact, it would be Star Wars, but uh, I just think Empire's a better movie. All
0: right, we're done. let <laughs> go back to your real life.
5: <laughs> Blarg.
0: Blarg, exactly. Yes the goal has been accomplished because it's only been we've only recorded like 40 minutes. It's going to be Star Trek versus Star Wars and it's going to be, it's probably going to end up being an hour episode, but everybody's Mm -hmm. going to think it's going, it's a it's a fuck up.
1: Unless I just loop the episode back to back three times in a row. Oh my God. Make it three hours long. Make
5: it three hours long. (laughs) Or or I (laughs) can give another answer. I'm like, World.
1: Oh, wait, I want to Star change my vote.
5: Wars.
1: Are you going to change your vote? Oh, that's right. You were going to change your vote. I was supposed to change you? my vote at the end just to fuck things yeah. up, but no. <laughs> God damn it, Mike.
5: W- were we going to call Juan or something, too? Yeah, maybe. Oh,
0: yeah. Whatever. Oh, he was drunk. Well, not, <laughs> I hope not drunk, but. <laughs> yeah, I'm no, not too drunk. Too- he was tired when he said yeah. that. He very
5: young, yes, he was, yeah.
0: So we're not going to call him when he's got his new baby. What do you want? Yeah.
7: Oh, yeah. So what do you want? Star Trek, got much. <laughs> bah. Star Trek, bah. But yeah,
0: we're, we're, we're done. We don't have to talk anymore. If you want to hang up, you can hang up.
7: All right, cool. I've got two four-year-olds here to take care of. Her. Two? When do you hell <laughs> do I have had... another kid? No, we didn't. do. <laughs> we're actually the same age, as so we have, no, he had two people. over last night with his best friend, so he's been playing in the yard. You, you just replicated. You just stole a child? You just stole no, a child. <laughs> you well, stole a child. It wouldn't be the first time. Was not the wait, 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 wait. Since I did not.
0: I, is that one, uh, the, the one you stole, is it all white?
7: No, uh, yeah, it is also a uh, quarter Asian.
5: Oh, okay. Or is that one? The mom, The mom is black and east, so. Oh, it's black
0: oh, and yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, it's really <laughs> not. Really not. Yeah. Oh, you really can't sell that for a lot. <laughs> it's nice
4: on
7: your best friend. We've known each other since birth. What are you gonna do? Yeah, I got it. All the fuses,
0: yeah. I, I'm talking about stealing them and and selling them on the black market. You know,
7: right? Oh, all like the stuff's to be black, man.
0: Uh, because that's anything that's bad is black. <laughs> I thought you knew. Oh. The White person. You guys set up the rules.
7: Oh man. <laughs> God,
0: I, <laughs> I, I know it was like 60 years before you were born But
7: still <laughs>
0: <laughs> What was that, Michael? No Oh, okay
7: <laughs> yeah, Alright, well, Good
4: talking to you guys Peace out And
7: happy
0: Geek uh, <laughs> Goodbye whatever that guy said. Goodbye said. Bye Bye i just waving Bye. at you Let's
4: See y'all hang up good Goodbye
5: we're well, just gonna keep waving. Nobody's falling off. Oh. Why didn't anybody have